This episode of Something Like Sunday School is being brought to you by Bougie Bully Trade Lines, LLC, headed up by the CEO, Angela Agnew. If you find yourself shy of the credit score needed to qualify for your dream home, that land you've been looking at, the new car you wanted to purchase, personal loans, and much more, and you don't have the desire to wait on complete full credit repair, try the temporary credit boost of Bougie Bully Trade Lines with results in as fast as 14 to 21 days. Get better odds of approval with the addition of positive accounts with zero balances added to your credit profile. With the ability to increase your approval by as much as 75%, yes, 75%, contact Angela Agnew at bougiebully at gmail.com or 1980-677-1595. Become a part of over 900 satisfied customers and 80 homes closed while using their services. Allow them to bully those bureaus on your behalf by using Bougie Bully Trade Lines, LLC. They look forward to working with you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Something Like Sunday School. I am Purpose Williams, and I'm so glad to have you back. Hopefully, you enjoy yourself as much as we are, hopefully. This word is delicious to you and tastes good to your soul. As good as your grandma's 7-Up Pound Cake. Or what's the other one? Uh, upside Down Pineapple Cake? Italian Cream Cake? <laughs> Am I saying it right? <laughs> Chocolate Cake? Hopefully it's good to you. Hopefully you find it delectable. We're so glad to have you back. Uh, go ahead and take out your book. Take out your book. Take out your notebook. Unless you're driving. Just listen. And then come back and listen again. Uh, we're going to be talking about the account of the woman who is found in the midst of adultery. Let's give her a name. Uh, let's call her Claudia. We'll call her Claudia. Closeless Claudia. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Now, let's understand this. Back in the do- those days, when uh, certain things you did were punishable by death. And most of the time, there was a stoning or some type of uh, beheading. Here, we'll find Claudia in a position. And let's see. Let's see. Let's see what's happening. We're going to be reading out of John. John is a New Testament book. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth gospel of the four gospels uh john the eighth chapter the first through the eleventh verse are you ready to read are you there do i need to wait just a little bit um let's go ahead and read let's see let's see what happens but jesus went to the mount of olives <laughs> now early in the morning he came again into the temple jesus went to church People was like, Jesus didn't go to church. The devil is a liar. Where is he? He's in the temple. We first, we we even see Jesus in the temple as an adolescent, a 12-year-old at church. In the temple. The Bible says that even Jesus grew in the knowledge. So the, the God part of him has to catch up inside of his his natural body. He's in the temple. He goes to church. Now, at this point, he's a teacher. He's a teacher in the church. 
he came again into the temple and all the people came to him. Who's him? Jesus. And he sat down, Jesus, and taught them. Jesus is a teacher. He's a master teacher. That's why, and uh, a lot of times when I think of Jesus and his responses to people, again, I said he, he has a, a knack for being sarcastic. He gives parables. He, he reminds me of like a, a professor, a professor who talks really clear. Uh, my cousin and I, Marcus, took a class at um, Bishop State Community College. We had a, a class at night. We took night classes. We took this one class together. And I'll never forget this man, uh, Professor Williams. And he talked like this. When we first got to class, he, he would give papers out or whatever. And he would say, put your first name last and your last name first. <laughs> he would talk so clearly. And if you ask him a question, his response would always be a question with a, with a sprinkle of sarcasm. And I feel like he got so much delight out of <laughs> of that that back and forth, that banter. And he would be so excited if you could get back with him, you know what I'm saying? If you could talk back to him in his language. He wouldn't just be like, oh, congratulations, you understood. There would be this little twinkle in his eye if he realized that <laughs> we could get back with him. We could talk back. We understood, you know, what was going on. So Jesus, he reminds me of a professor. Because, you know, he's a teacher. Let's see what happens. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman into Claudia caught in adultery. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes are people who are supposed to be spiritual, who are supposed to be of the church, but who are in complete uh, contradiction of the such they do not like Jesus here it is they're studying the word and the word is right there in their faces and they don't like it they don't like him they at this point they're um they're pretty much after him after what he's teaching because he's out here changing lives to the point where they can't manipulate these people they can't make them uh submit and surrender to their agenda right so, uh, and they're always trying to catch Jesus in these little twisty turnies, always trying to find loopholes, and always trying to accuse him, uh, depending on what he responds. And they, they try to use the law against Jesus, but Jesus came to, to destroy, you know, to fulfill the law, we say it like that, and to turn it into grace. Hmm? A new and a better covenant. Let's read. <laughs> then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, they said to Jesus, teacher. And they love to call him names. This is something they do throughout the Bible. Like they, they like to call him names in a taunting kind of way, not realizing they're addressing him just right. He's a teacher. He's a teacher. Just like when Jesus went on the cross and they were calling him, aren't you the king of Jews? Saying it in a taunting way when that's exactly who he was. Ah. <laughs> It keeps repeating itself. <laughs> Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, I said this before on, on a video, and I kind of talked about uh, this uh, situation. Uh, Brother 3000, Andre, Andre 3000, told us, set the scene. 3000 degrees. This is a hot situation that this girl is in. Claudia is in a hot place. 
This is in the final. This is Dante's peak. She's in a messed up situation, almost to the point of certain death. I'm sure Claudia has thoughts going through her mind. They're really going to kill me. And if she was caught in the midst of adultery, more than likely, she's not clothed. She doesn't have any clothes on. And if she does have on clothes, she's scantily clothed. They probably didn't even give her time to, to put something on to cover herself. Because why? That's more humiliation if she's out there thrown in the street naked. These are, you know, these are not uh, nice people. They felt like they were uh, justified in what they had going on. And there's another, where's the man? Where is he? <laughs> And we don't know if he was punished, and more than likely he wasn't. A lot of the fault was put on the who? On the woman. So they brought Claudia out, caught her in the midst of it. Why, what y'all was doing? How did y'all see them? How did y'all see the adultery? I mean, it's, it's unlikely that they were just out in the open. Adultery? That's not a word, but you get what I mean. How do y'all know? <laughs> who told you? How y'all got up in there in that space to see it? They snatched this woman out of this situation, brought her to Jesus, brought her into the midst of all these people, right? And they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. This is in hearsay. They caught her. And now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. They're ready to kill this lady. And if I'm finna kill you with stones, I'm not getting on a little rock. I'm getting a baby boulder. You better believe I'm picking up the heaviest rock I can, I can pick up to kill you. These are not small pebbles. Look at this lynch mob. They're ready. They're ready to get rid of this lady. Now Moses is uh, in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They're trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to say, uh, see if Jesus is going to go with the law. Because the law had to be upheld then. What is Jesus going to do? <laughs> they trying to catch him. This they said, testing him, testing Jesus, that they might have something to which to accuse him. There's the reason right there. They told you they're after Jesus. They're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. What kind of response, Jesus? What kind of response is that? It's just we talking to you. You just gonna stoop down and play in the dirt. What did you write? What did you say? <laughs> you you just gonna ignore these people? He stoops down in the ground and is running with his finger. I don't know why that makes me see little children at the beach stooping down, <laughs> just drawing lines and scribble scratching the sand. Jesus ignores them. The Bible says he stooped down in, in, in the ground and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. <laughs> so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, I wonder how many times they had to ask him. Well, he finally was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to get up. All right. I mean, what you doing, Jesus, making mud pies? And they had to keep asking. I wonder how many times they had to keep asking before he was like, okay. Let me go ahead and address this right quick. <laughs> so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And we heard this part before. The first sinless person, go ahead and throw the stone. 
Go ahead and fling it at her. And, you know, people use this all the time. When they come across somebody who's trying to correct them or correct what they're going, well, if you ain't got no sins, you never messed up, go on and throw the stone, you know. And and we like to use this thing, this word judgment, as if people are only judging you, only talking about you, and just pointing out things about you. And a lot of times when people use this word judgment, it's because they don't want to be held accountable. If you can change the thing, change it. They don't want to be held accountable. It's not about condemnation. Jesus is not about condemnation. He's about conviction, but he's not about condemnation. Let's see what happens. And again, Jesus tells him, hey, if you can do it, if you know within your mind, your conscience will allow you to kill this lady with stones as if you're sinless. The only difference is you haven't been caught. Maybe you have been caught in and wondered your way out of it. Especially if in this time you're a bunch of men. <laughs> hmm? How many things have we done that have, we have not been caught doing? <laughs> How many things? So Jesus puts them on the spot. And I just wonder where he was writing. That's going to forever be a thing on my mind. What was he writing? So he says what he says, and he stoops back down again, writing on the ground. <laughs> then those who had heard it being convicted, there it is, Jesus is about conviction, not condemnation, by their conscience, went out one by what? One by one. They had to, the time to think about that thing. And they were honest with themselves. And like, hey, I messed up too. And I've done some things that, according to the law, was worthy of what? Of death. Was worthy of death. <laughs> then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. All these people... This angry mob, this entourage of vengeance. Everybody left. The Bible says from the oldest to the last, one by one, they eased on out of there. I wonder how long it took. Like, did anybody was like, oh, yo, y'all really not going to throw it? And somebody was like, nah, let me go ahead and put this stone down. <laughs> I wonder how long it took them. But however long it took them, they all left. They all disappeared. They had no they had no justification in what they were about to do. And so the Bible says that the only people that were left were Jesus and Claudia. Jesus and Claudia. Let's see what happens. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but Claudia, he said to her, Now girl, woman, <laughs> Claudia. All those accusers of yours, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Ain't nobody killed you, girl. You still alive? Claudia, you're breathing, girl. Annie, are you okay? <laughs> you all right, Claudia? Let's see what else Jesus says to her. What does he say to her? Well, she responds. She says, no one, Lord. Nobody's left. They're all gone. 
And Jesus said to Claudia, I don't condemn you. Now go and do what? Sin no more. We stop at the part where he says he didn't condemn her. But what happens? What did Jesus do immediately after in the same breath? He told her, go and don't sin no more. You're free to go. Just don't do this again. Don't do this thing again that got you in this situation. You see, we don't like we don't like correction. We'll just call it judgment. We stopped at the part <laughs> right before the correction. How many times have we done things that we knew was a no? And when we teach our children, that's a no no. Is what we tell them when they're babies. But Jesus gives instructions. He doesn't just tell her to go. He gives her instructions. But a lot of times we like to call the instructions judgment. Correct that thing. If you playing with matches and you know you play with matches and set the house on fire, are you gonna play with matches again? <laughs> this time you might not be able to control the fire. This time it might not just be a little smoke. You might annihilate the whole building. And depending on how close the houses are, you might take out a whole neighborhood. He gives her instructions of protection. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Had she obeyed from the beginning and not been in this adulterous place, she wouldn't have even found herself in this situation. So what does Jesus do? He's true to what he says. He came to, to save, not to destroy. He came to give life, not to destroy. How does he give her life? He first addresses the accusers. And he gives her life by giving her instructions on how not to get in this situation again. I'm telling you, I've dealt with so many things in my life. I've been in Claudia. Things that should have taken me out. Things that would have killed me or hurt me in whatever capacity, to whatever degree. Because I disobeyed. Because I came from under the umbrella of protection through obedience. But and then you know, whenever I read this account, I wonder did Claudia ever do it again, or did she really take the instructions and run with it like he told her? Go, don't do it again. Sin no more. Don't do this no more. Don't get in this place again. I wonder if she did it again, cause I know there's plenty of things that I did over and over, <laughs> and I kept hearing them. No, kept getting close to the consequences of it. Dealt with some of the consequences of it and did it again. Like a foolish fool. <laughs> it's all about the instructions. It's all about the warning. This is the warning before destruction. My pastor tells us all the time, we don't have to be afraid of the warning. The warning is what saves. Keeps us from the destruction. Whenever we read labels, and, and especially... Uh, <laughs> black women, especially growing up in the 90s, you had a lot of aerosol cans, a lot of oil sheens, a lot of hair products. And on the <coughs> on the label, there's a warning. As long as we use the product as we should, like we should use it, it'll work for what we want it to work for. But the warning on the label is it's flammable. Don't get around that fire. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> you get too close to the fire in your head. 
combust into flames, who else can we blame? The warning was there. Did we have to be afraid of the warning? No. It's the part that kept us safe. And the thing is, anything has the potential to be dangerous if we use it outside of what it's supposed to be used for. If we don't if we don't heed to the warnings. Some of the, the labels even say hazard. <laughs> Strong warning. If you see a certain gate that's there's an electric gate and you see the voltage, hey, don't touch it. And you go over there and touch it anyway because you don't like judgment. You don't like instruction. You want to learn on your own. You want to go to scenic right about everything. Go on, touch it then. You think you're going to touch it again? That's if you survive. The initial touch. <laughs> it's not judgment, folks. It's instructions. It's protection. Stay inside the gate. Y'all always want to go outside the gate sometimes. When he's a, a little kid, of course, they want to explore. That's what they do. But we as parents have to put protections around them. We have to give them the instruction. There's, a, there's protection in the instruction. Especially uh, as a baby. Babies come, they don't have no sense of nothing but eating, sleeping, using the bathroom. And it's our job to protect them. Right, and as they get older, we give them more and more instruction of protection. But this man, Jesus saves her life. <laughs> She's caught in the act, but he also gives her instruction. Go, don't say it no more. Don't get in this place again. Jesus tell me all the time about different stuff. I've gotten better now. You gotta tell me, girl. You heard what I said. You didn't got yourself in this position again. <laughs> and if you know. If things were to happen out of it, it would be whose fault? Mine. My own fault. Because I didn't heed the instructions. Because I saw it as whatever I saw it as. So, listen, people of God. <laughs> heed the instruction of the Lord. When you feel that knowing in your spirit, and you know the Lord is telling you no, has already told you no, through his word, through other people, through other people's experiences, don't see it as judgment. See it as instruction. See it as protection. And go. And don't sin no more. Don't do it. Resist. Hmm? I hope you enjoyed it. Quick lesson. Full, of course, like I always say, we only be scratching the surface. Only scratching the surface. Go read again. Study to show yourself approved. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Invite Holy Spirit to show you, to reveal the mysteries. And you'll do it. I hope you enjoyed it. Quick, quick little bite. Quick little piece of cake. We'll see you next time. Thank you for following us. Thank you for sharing it with your family, your friends, and especially your enemies. We'll see you next time, folks.